It's September the 14th, 2011. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Hi, everyone. I'm Mike Benedetti, and today on the show we have school committee member Tracy Novick. Tracy, how's it going? It's going well, Mike. How are you? I am doing fine. It's a lovely deer. Thank you. So I want to explain to people what's going on. Um, on this show, which is a show about Worcester for the last couple of months, we've been talking to people running for city council, and we've been asking them questions from uh, a list of the important issues for city council, and we've not been talking to people about school committee. Um, and we're not really going to follow up at all on school committee, but Tracy has been a panelist on this show since back when there was actually a panel on this show every week, <laughs> and since was elected to the school committee, and is running for re-election, and so... Uh, I want to talk to you about the school committee stuff, Tracy. Um, you know, I sort of, I enjoy the city council. I like, I know that it's, it's something I should. It's riveting theater. I should probably be in treatment for being an adult who's interested in the Worcester City Council, <laughs> but I am interested in the Worcester City Council. I, I think it's more like it's more like AA, where there's actually like a support group. Yes, 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 yes. yes. But the school committee, on the other hand, is just like oh. school. The school public schools. I'm just like, oh please. But they're important. They're a huge amount of the city budget. They are. Um, we send 24,000 children to them every day. Yeah, it's true. I mean, most people in Worcester, like, if they have any interaction with the city government, that's... Sure. They spend years of their life interaction with that part of the city sure. government. Sure, you know, or you're entrusting children to them for much of their day. Yeah, so I, was, so I guess I want to ask you a little bit about um, a little bit about issues and a little bit about your candidacy. Anyway, in case the introduction was not clear, this is going to be a very biased interview, as it is every year that we talk to Tracy on the show. <laughs> we have no, we have no, I have no shame about that. I don't care. Tracy, what have, what have you, now you followed education in the school community very closely before you were elected. Yes. How, did, how does the experience compare? What did you learn, actually, now that you've been on the school committee? Um, that your, where you are in life and your perspective really informs how you make decisions on the school committee. Okay. So, you know, what's important and what do you need to be pushing and all of those kinds of things. Um, it matters that I taught and so that, like, when they come forward with a policy, my first question is, did anyone ask a teacher? And, yeah. and it, there's always these sort of, you know, it bothers me when there's all these blank stares like, oh, why would we have asked a teacher? And I'm like, because they're the ones who are going to actually get stuck with this at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, or, it, you know, you're a parent, so you're saying, it matters that we have 30 minutes to recess in the elementary school grades. It matters that, you know, what have you, um, that, that kids can actually reach the sinks in the bathroom, those mm. kinds of things. Um, and so I've been finding that a lot of when something comes before the committee, and how I tackle it may be different than some of my colleagues because of my having been a teacher and my having children. Right, right. Um, and it's, you know, you're an interesting uh, figure, I feel like, in uh, Worcester politics because you've actually taken strong, consistent positions on things. <laughs> um, <laughs> which people take strong positions on things, but they don't necessarily come from like a philosophical thing. Um, you know what I mean? Yes. Well, and, and the other thing, I mean, th this is something that I. I hoped that I would do, and I guess that I have done, which is that you you don't make decisions based on what's going to get you votes. You don't make decisions based on what's popular. You make decisions based on the information you have and what's the right thing to do, which seems, I mean, it seems we'll to me We'll see how well a, that works out as a we strategy will, we? in a couple I, I think of that this will be an interesting experiment in some ways. I mean, to me, it would have been a giant waste of time to be on this and just kind of try to surf the wave or whatever right, it is that right. people do, and I'm probably not very good at that anyway. I'm far too yeah. blunt and, and so forth. Um so, yeah, we're, we're going to see how that works out in terms of an election strategy because um, yeah. I haven't really been focusing on an election strategy. I've been right. trying to do my job. It, it, it's interesting because I before, before whenever you were running in this previous school committee election, 
Um, there were two criticisms that I heard from you, about you very strongly. One of them was uh, it was in reaction to the fact that a lot of people liked you because you were like a blogger. Because you yeah. were always writing. You were a great environmental blogger. You were always writing these things like every day about education and school policy in Worcester. And again, like all these sort of policy-oriented stuff. You're always writing about the school committee. You're writing all kinds of great stuff. And, um, and we're lucky in Worcester because you were writing all this stuff. And also Jackie Reese at the Telegram, one right. of the best reporters. And is she's a good reporter. Fantastic stuff about schools in Worcester. People were saying, well, you know, you guys think this is so cool now that you have, like, this person who's, like, being all transparent and whatever. It's not going to go continue going forward. But this is actually, like, good job. Thumbs Thank you. up. You've continued that. The other thing that people said was, like, well, why do we even care? What does it matter that she's on the school committee or not? And that's where I think the fact that you've come out. I'm trying to think of, the, like, all the controversial things that you have done. <laughs> Like you come out, you've been you've been you've been very consistent in sort of being skeptical of school privatization and yes. increase in charter schools. You've been uh, you've done things like you voted against. Uh, I guess I would describe it as like increased federal control of our schools in some cases in exchange Thus for money. Down millions of dollars in federal. Yes, aid, yes. Um, and uh, yeah, of course you you uh, whenever there was this this test cheating scandal uh, what was it, a year ago. Yeah, you were you were one of the 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 outspoken minority on the on the school committee who said we want to do an, our own investigation and get to the bottom of this. I was just speaking with the public records attorney this morning about that. Actually, there you go. we've you know objected to the city's decision and yeah. are continuing to pursue that. Yeah. Anyway, so it's interesting that I don't know. Like I, I sort of feel like whenever people are asking me about you as a running, I always I'm just like I feel like you I feel like it's very helpful to have Tracy on the school committee. In a similar way that it's helpful to have, like, Connie on the city council. Connie has not been as much of a contrarian as she could be this, this past couple of years, but Connie Luke's on the city council is always one who's willing to stand up on an issue where all the other councilors seem kind of agreed and say, you guys are all idiots. And you don't, you're not a contrarian in that way, but you're, but I, I mean, like, like Connie adds that perspective to the council. You add a certain perspective to the school committee. Sure, and a I mean, you, you want to make sure, the, the whole point in having a body of multiple people is to have a multiplicity of perspectives, which means that you, once in a while you need somebody who stands up and says, hey, wait a minute, what are we doing? Or why are we doing this? Or what was the argument? Or where's yeah. the research? Or where's the data? Or where's the money going? Or that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what's going on these days? Because like I said, I try not to pay attention at all to the Worcester Public Schools. Well, if you pay attention to the City Council, though, you've actually been paying attention to what has now sort of overtaken our campaign, even this though is, we didn't actually think this was an issue. This is this thing where the City Council... I mean, what did they end up deciding? They ended up deciding that, that they, they would it's like to see... The they would like They would like... So the City Council has, has said that Worcester voters should, on the ballot, be able to basically express a preference, nothing binding, but express yeah. a preference about whether or not we should have district... District school committee members, yes. as well as at large. Like right now in the city council, we've got a bunch of at large councils that everybody votes for those seats, and then every district of the city has a city councilor. And this would yes. be a similar thing with the school committee, thus expanding the size of the school committee. Yes, doubling. Thus, costing money <laughs> to $100, pay. Hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh, that's pretty okay. Particularly if anybody takes any, I mean, if anybody takes any benefits, like we we're, we are eligible for health insurance and okay. so forth. It would be eighty eight or something like that, just in salary. Okay, and uh, so and I mean I don't know. I mean I, I guess you could I can I can see that you can make arguments about this would sort of change things. There'd be representation on a neighborhood level and whatever. Um, the interesting thing is, of course, is that we have this at the city council, and we haven't always had this on the city council. We've had it on the city council for twenty six years. Twenty six years. And that was one of the arguments for doing that, or that was one of the things people hoped would happen. And, of course, none of these things happen. There's not like this, you know, there, there's this, essentially no minorities on the city council. There have, you know, occasionally been some, but it hasn't, they have, they've been, they've not come from 
the district councilors, but from the at-large councilors. Um, so I, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I feel like you can make an argument either way, but then you can also like look at the track record and say, this actually hasn't worked on the city. In fact, it hasn't worked on the city council so strongly that there's this huge push always to have neighborhood councils, to, have, to, to try to have something even more than district councilors, because the district councilors themselves, I think people feel, haven't really rocked well, us like they need them, to rock us. Right, and some of them occasionally forget parts of their district. <clears throat> Right. People feel you know, neglected. Like right, yes, and, and you know where are the edges or what what sections are right. Yes. Is there any? Is there any? So on the other hand, it's not like things making sense. It's not like things. It's not like Worcester politics is based on things making sense, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, actually, this is what I thought was was most just spellbinding, I guess, about this whole thing, is that whether you look at the city council and the sort of things that come before them, or you look at the school committee and, like, national ed policy coming before us, everybody seems to always be proposing these solutions to things that everybody acknowledges are in some way a problem, that when you actually look at them are not solutions. Like, you know, we tried this X place, and it turns out that that totally didn't work at all and was a waste of money or whatever. But it's something. But we're doing something, and something is happening, and isn't this great and exciting? Something needs to be done. This is something. And that's what I feel like this is. Like, it's, it's it's an election year, and some of the councillors were, I don't know, bored or not facing enough challengers or something. They're just and mad we, at you guys. We need, well, they want to start a, they want to start a gang to war. Out, like, what have we done? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it was ridiculous. I mean, so we went to council. Four of us were – there was a quorum of the school committee at city council on Tuesday. Um, and some of them were actually really angry mm-hmm. about the fact that we were there saying – so speaking as someone who's actually on school committee, and the other thing I'd say is that those of us who are on school committee, nobody feels threatened by this. I mean, it's not like any of us say, like, oh, my gosh, you're gonna, I'm going to lose my seat or something right, like that. Right. Um, we're actually trying to weigh this on the merits of what we know of the Worcester well, School Committee and the Worcester Public Schools. There would be additional seats. It's not like, right? Well, although the next city councilor who pats me on the shoulder and tells me that I'd make a great district school committee member, I mean... <laughs> Could you tell me that you don't think I'm doing my job any more strongly? I mean, I work really hard. I don't make phone calls about my own children's schools on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I, I, I will only make a phone call about one of my children's schools if I hear from another parent. Hmm. Um, I spend more time in other schools than I do my own children's schools. Like, I, I, we, and Mary Mullaney, I think, had probably one of the more compelling arguments. She's been on the school committee for 18 years. She went through the list of where the new schools have been built. Not a single one of them in the last 18 years has been built on the west side of Worcester, hmm. which usually the argument is the west side is overrepresented. Right. Well, where are we spending the money? Where are we investing in capital? Where, you know, mm-hmm. where it was needed. Um, right. When we went to spend, we, we got um, additional capital funds from the city this year. When we went to spend it, we went to administration. And we said, okay, so what do we need to do first? What's most important? What's most compelling? Hmm. Not my child's, you know, school needs new windows. Yeah. You can't run the school system that way. Let me ask you this, Tracy. Other than this being, um, you know, other than this costing more money, you know, both for salaries and for just making the electoral process a little more complicated, is there any reason not to do it? Yeah, because I think it actually really would hang things up. I mean, you're you're going around as I am where and seeing where they're fixing sidewalks and where they're fixing streets. And great fan of fixing sidewalks and fixing streets. That's fabulous. But are they doing it in the places that are most needed or no they what they did was they split the the budget five ways and they said we're going to spend a fifth Mm. in each district well maybe district three needed more that's the way we do it on the school on the school side we say Mm. okay who needs the most we don't actually count you know we made sure that we spent as much over here as we did over there so so having district school committee members just means that things are split think that 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 things would tend to become split along district lines even when it doesn't make sense sure it would be horse trading Okay. Um, and also, 
the there we have responsibilities that the city council doesn't and this is when you're going to get bored but we hire and fire a whole bunch of administrators <laughs> we have to set policy for the entire system we actually have general superintendency duties mm -hmm. there's administrative oversight that we're actually compelled to do um, I have heard it said by people who work for the city that the school committee has greater powers within the Worcester Public Schools than the city council has within the city, okay. which is not a popular statement on the city side, but it's nonetheless probably true. We need everybody to always have a district perspective, have a, a district-wide perspective, okay. to be looking at the entirety of the city with every decision that we make. Um, you can't actually really be saying, well, which which business administrator would be best for, you know, District 3? Hmm. Or that you can't. You have to say what's going to be best for the entire system. Okay. Um, and that, that bothers me a lot to, to, to try to say we're going to chop things up and that's going to make it better. Hmm. And, I mean, you had the best argument of all, which was, you know, Nick Kostopoulos' column in the TNG on Sunday, which was, great, so after 26 years, the city council has done this, hasn't had any <clears> effect, <throat> still got white men over the age of 50, largely. Mm, sure. Um, so, yes, let's do that to school committee. That'd be great. That would definitely change radically. We right. over the school committee. No. And plus, we actually have. I mean, they haven't followed Section 8 of the Charter and done neighborhood councils. Under Ed Reform, we have, school, we have site councils at every school. Okay. Elected by parents and teachers and community members. We have a citywide parent advisory group, which has membership from every Cindy school. We send stuff there from the school committee to say, hey, parents, what do you think? They actually are a Congress. They have one from every single school. They actually have representation. Um, and, you know, the administration sends stuff there. We send stuff there. They send stuff to us. Um, so there's already stuff that there's already there stuff is. on a school by school basis in a region. Is there, is there in a, a citywide basis? Okay. Yeah. And, and this is one where I feel like some of this proposal is um, out of just lack of knowledge on the council side in terms of how we actually function and what we actually have, which is unfortunate. But that's kind of what happens when you go dabbling in other people's business. I think they just I'm seriously, I think that they just think it's exciting. Maybe they just enjoy it. They just they're like, you know what? We've enjoyed district council. It's so fun. You guys are going to love well, it. Well, I mean, some of the district councilors were the ones who were most, like, adamant that this was a fabulous idea. And although I have to give our own district councilor, Bill Eddy, credit, he mm -hmm. was one of the three votes against this. It was entirely based on the notion that if we are calling for a charter change, it should be called for by the greater populace, not for by the city council. He made some very compelling arguments, and he did a very good job. This also isn't any... I mean, this vote is a... Uh, this is a suggestion, but this is also, like... This is, I mean, this vote would be a suggestion. This, this, this well, citywide vote. Well, if it passes, would. then they go forward with what would be the charter change. So they have to then hold hearings and appoint a charter. Do they have to? And, well. Can I mean, they just sort of forget about it? Because it's. They could, but we'd have to have a radically different makeup of the city council because, I mean, they got the eight votes. Are they excited about it, though? Oh, they were just. Well, you were they, watching council on Tuesday, were you? No, I didn't. I mean, I, I just, I can't, I, maybe, again, I'm just putting my own bias on this. I can't imagine anybody would be excited about school doing anything to the school committee. And definitely not for more than like a day. Like, is it possible that they were just really revved up for like a couple of hours? Oh no! And then, like, been talking about come December, they'll be like, "Oh, whatever. I don't care about okay, that anymore." Okay, there are a couple of members who definitely are there. Like, I would say that Mike Germain was like, "Okay, you want to talk about this? That's fine." Which I mean, you can totally see. Mike Why Germain not let doing. people vote for it? People want to talk about people this. People love voting. That's Put great. it on there. People vote it. But um, yeah, a couple of them are very like vigorous. In, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Phil Palmieri is absolutely convinced that we would have had a North High School twenty years ago if there had been a district counselor. I love this argument about North High that somehow. <laughs> well, it ignores the reality that first of all, the city council is the one that funds schools. Yeah. 
And it also ignores the reality that the other school that we had to build in the last 20 years was a new vocational school, which everyone might imagine was highly controversial and also desperately needed. Mm -hmm. And the state will only fund one new school building in a city at a time. We chose to do tech first, and then we went for north. It's mm -hmm. not like, you know, know, not like we were ignoring things. It was that there were a couple of, of urgent things that needed to be done. And well, now we need to fix Nelson Place, which is literally falling down. But... Now I know why. Now I know why the city council brought this up because this is actually kind of fun to talk about, and it See? involves the school committee. Because now I feel like I have to say, Maybe okay, they let's that talk we about something. <laughs> let's talk about things. So you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year is real money, but mm -hmm. it's also real money in a massive school budget. Like, let's talk about what else is going on that's like an actual real thing besides the district. Um. Well, we actually went out and we actually fixed a whole bunch of schools. I and mean, we're, we're getting a report on the opening of school uh, tomorrow night at the school committee meeting. Okay. And one of the things we did was we, that there's a review school by school of what we fixed over the summer because we got actual extra capital money this year from the city council. So okay. putting new science labs in Worcester East Middle, um, hmm. tearing up the old carpeting at South. Um, okay. You know, there's a bunch of stuff like that. And also smaller stuff like, you know, making bathrooms not look completely atrocious. Mm -hmm. um, I actually got stopped at the parish picnic on Sunday by somebody who'd been in the Doherty locker room and was like, it's <laughs> fabulous now. Oh, my gosh. They fixed it, Mrs. Novick. Yeah. Um, stuff like that, which makes people feel better about where they are. And also the kids at Doherty apparently are really entertained by the fact that we improved the student bathrooms, but not the faculty bathrooms. Oh. <laughs> the kids think this is fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, student bathrooms probably needed it more. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, so there was a bunch of that, that was going over the summer, which is, which is great because we haven't been able to do that. We're probably, you know, a long time behind in mm -hmm. that kind of work. We yeah. mostly have been doing, you know, emergency boiler replacements that nobody really gets excited about, but need to be done. Yeah. Um, we actually got to do stuff that shows now. That's cool. I want to ask you about, I want to ask you another school's question again, mm -hmm. sort, of, sort of showing my, my ignorance slash total lack of interest. Well, that's why this works. In the, <laughs> this is right, because there's one person who's like super knowledgeable and super passionate, yeah. and one person who's just sort of... <laughs> trying desperately to stay just, awake. I'm just trying to... I'm, I am kind of tired. I'm trying to stay I did a lot of running out. today, and my blood sugar is being weird. Um, does, how are the Worcester schools doing? Like it, or, and I should say, does it even make sense? Is there, enough, is there so much variation between schools that it's like they're all over the place, or do you feel like... You can make generalizations about the district. Yeah, I mean, the, what else is going on besides academics at these schools? Um, we put in two new playgrounds over the summer, and we're going to put yeah. in a third on the 24th of September but I mean, at Union Hill. But, I mean, though, at the end of the day, the schools are about teaching kids stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, well, so there's a couple of things. The, the innovation schools were this sort of big splash in the spring, yeah. and a couple of those actually are doing some interesting things. So Chandler Magnet... Um, started a K and one um, dual language program, okay. and, which is total immersion in English and Spanish mm -hmm. for kids who are primarily one speaker of one or the other, Okay, um, which is, you know, something we ought to be doing with the number of Spanish speakers we have in the district anyway. Uh, we already were doing it at Norback and at Roosevelt. They were oversubscribed. Chandler Magnet had a primarily Spanish-speaking population so already this, going. So this is a thing where if you were, if you were, if you grew up speaking Spanish, you would be just total immersion in no they spend English. half the day in, in each so they and oh, they really? cover the same material in both classes so hmm. you get the material in your whatever your first language is and then you switch and get it in your second language so this is so so if you're an english-speaking kid this would be like an awesome chance to learn spanish like when your I brain have, is actually I have really a good kindergartner at language. coming off the bus going elefante yes <laughs> okay so that sounds kind of cool that is kind of cool and that's yeah. and it's one of those things where something that some districts see as being an obstacle to be overcome, native yeah. Spanish speaking, is actually being used as a benefit for the district instead, yeah, yeah. Um, which is cool. 
Do we know how? Do we know how that's going? I mean, has it been going it, long enough to have any? At the other two schools, it's been going really, really well. And one okay. thing that's sort of a side effect that nobody thought of is that the native Spanish speakers end up doing better academically than their peers in other schools because they don't lose their academic confidence the same way that some other kids do who are just doing English huh. because they know something that the other kids don't know yeah. that's okay. seen as valuable in the school, hmm. um, which I had never thought of, but it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, yeah. that if everybody, you know, some of your peers are having to learn something that you already know, yeah. hey, maybe you can do the school thing after all, hmm. which hmm. is cool. Cool. What else is going? But I just want to get back to my question of like overall. Academically, can you can, can you judge this? Can you judge the district as a whole, or you is it still, all over the place? You still see the same ties that you see everywhere, which is if if all you look at is the MCAS scores, there's a tie to poverty. Okay. So if you have the poverty level of the school and the MCAS scores of the school, not everywhere, but most of the places, the two things are in some ways comparable the poorer the student body the worse the scores. the MCAS scores okay. and the more they have to overcome and mm-hmm. I mean that goes back to everything from like prenatal nutrition to all kinds of stuff right um, and that's a conversation that nationally we need to be having and we're not mm. okay um, the schools I think do the best they can with it doing everything from actually feeding kids breakfast and lunch and after-school snacks and that kind of stuff to trying to make sure that they're immersed in reading and that kind of stuff. The challenge there is to make sure that you're not only focusing on the test scores, but actually you're focusing on the academics. Yeah. Okay. So, so would you say, I mean, so how, how would you judge the Worcester schools overall? I think that for an urban district with the challenges we have, we do an, we do an amazing job on a daily basis. Okay. And how, and so, and you're not a big MCAS fan. I never have been. So you don't look at MCAS scores when you're saying, is this... I, you, I mean, I, they went up... What I got an, e- an email from the state, was it last week, when they released the statewide scores, and they were trying to say that, that one of the subsections had gone up by one percentage point. And I was like, okay, so now we've reached new le- levels of absurdity. So it went up one percentage point, and everybody cheers, and it goes down one percentage point, and everybody... I mean, booze. it's ridiculous. And you're still comparing last year's fifth graders to this year's fifth graders, and all of the rest of this nonsense that, hmm. I mean, part of the report tomorrow night is going to do AYP again, which everybody keeps saying we need to throw out the window because adequate yearly progress is exactly what's going to make 60% of our schools look like they're failing, according to the Secretary of Education. So, hmm. yeah, this is a messed up system. How do you, how do you, so if, if, if MCAS scores aren't what you would like to look at to say, is the school doing well, what do you look at when you just like, um, think of the schools doing well? There's a couple of things. I look at, first of all, I look at what happens to those kids over time. Where do they end up? And okay. and not they're making multi-million dollars because that's not my value system. Okay. But um, are they prepared to be an active and engaged citizen? Can yeah. they, you know, read the newspaper, evaluate voting decisions, be engaged in um, in local civic life, those kinds mm-hmm. of things, earn a living, raise a family, those yeah. kinds of things. Um, the other thing, sort of reeling it back more that I look at is, are kids actively engaged in learning and are they enthusiastic about being there? Because that's one of the things that I think we dangerously can sacrifice if we turn this too much into drill and kill is most kids like to learn at least at first Mm -hmm. um and the danger is that school can kill that yeah and making sure that you know science is actually about doing stuff reading is about learn you know engaging in stories yeah um math is about figuring things out keep making sure that you keep those kinds of principles and that joy and that energy is something that I think is hugely important. And and that's something that I think you can judge simply by walking through a building that you Mm. can tell in classrooms, what's the energy level, how are kids being treated? How do kids, how are kids interacting? How are they interacting with a teacher? Um, Those kind of things I think are huge. 
Is that something that you feel like as a school committee, that the school committee has impact on them? I think so, because I, we, we set policy and set direction, um, and saying, sort of creating a value system for the district hmm. then has an impact on the schools. And that's something that I've been frustrated with, certainly in Massachusetts, but um, with the Worcester district in terms of it being MAP scores, MCAS scores, that kind of thing, and data walls, and here's how many points that so-and-so went up. But there are schools that in some ways are making small gestures of rebellion or are, are set, centering themselves in other value systems. Hmm. And um, you can see that with what's going on in the building, that you know the little rocket ship that's going up doesn't have a MAP score on it. It says, I want to learn how to do division better this year, or I want to be better at you know dribbling a basketball. Those kinds of things are what the kids are actually prioritizing and putting value on. Hmm. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like 25 minutes of the school committee is all I can handle. <laughs> Sorry about that. Mike, you'd never make it through our meetings. I never have seen a school committee meeting, ever. I stay far away. City council meetings I can see sometimes. I don't know. But thank, Tracy, thanks for being on the show. Good luck in the election. Thank you. Um, has 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 I, actually I can ask you I can ask you a totally oh no oh I totally got some good questions for you now. Oh good. Have you have you seen the wire? I was gonna say, are you gonna ask me these questions about the wire and bench pressing because I'm gonna fail those utterly. I, you haven't seen the wire? Mm-mm. Do you know how much you can bench? Uh, probably very little. You seriously don't know how much you can bench? No, I do not know how much All I can right. bench. I know that I can carry a five-year-old. I know that I can carry the innovation plans of five schools all at the same time. I regularly carry my netbook for long distances of time. Okay. And I can run in three-inch heels. You know, I mean, what, what do you want? That's pretty good. That could be the alternative thing. There you go. <laughs> race. Well, Tracy, thanks for being on the show. I hope you enjoy the rest of the election campaign. We should mention that um, uh, the uh, preliminary election is coming That's up right. on the September the 20th. There's no school committee and stuff on that, right? No, we only have 10 running for six months. Oh, okay. So, so, uh, so at-large prelim and one in three. Yeah, so right. So just to, just to recap, it's not, it's not a primary election because primary is like sort of when you're sifting out who's the most popular candidate of each political party to go into the general election. And this is a preliminary election where we have a ton of at-large city councilors, and there's a couple of the district races that have more than two people running. And so they sort of want to sift out the weaker candidates, the least popular candidates. So that's what the preliminary is all about. The September the 20th. Um, and it, I should mention, um, uh, two election cycles ago there was a preliminary election. Mm-hmm. And that was when Grace Ross was running at-large in the city council. And she did very, very well in the preliminary election. She was a very, very strong candidate. And then when it came to the, then between the preliminary and the general election, there was a lot of controversy around positions that the Massachusetts Green Rainbow Party had taken when she was on their state committee. And um, she uh, finished, she didn't end up getting on the city council. She she had a much weaker uh, uh, ranking in the general election than the preliminary. So stuff can happen in between. I don't want to spend too much time on the horse race, but stuff can happen in between new candidates. Even if you win that preliminary, you've got to keep rocking, you've got to keep Working hard and voters, you can't just say, oh, well, now we know who it's going to be because you don't know. You never know. You never know. Tracy, good luck. Thank you. Everyone at home, good luck to you too, and we'll see you next week.